right? How many? How okay. many diet? Okay. How many diet? I got a sprinkling in. I'm not having a single. Here's the thing. Yo, I know for a fact Dr. Oz has said shit like that about your body burning and drinking out. And and here's the thing, your body, you're burning a drink an hour anyway. So you keep it light, a a calorie-free beverage. It's basically like you're losing weight. Ladies and gentlemen, Season 2, Episode 8 of the Columbus Uncut Podcast. This week, we got a special guest. We got Chad Goodwin of 4th and State and Edenberger. So, of course, we'd like to welcome everyone as Caleb and I bring you current events, sports, beer, guests, and all things Columbus, Ohio, unfiltered and uncut. So, to start off, of course, you got myself, Sean, here as usual, Uh, my buddy Caleb here, co-host as usual yo and we got chad here tonight uh chad goodwin owner of fourth and state and uh edenberger so i'm the guest yeah can you give us a little bit about yourself well you've already given the most important parts of my life and those are the businesses (laughs) uh yeah fourth and state edenberger two vegan restaurants in the greater columbus ohio area i also do a bit of acting uh, on the side, and in general, I like to have a good time. I I just want to say I cannot wait. It's one of my formal interview questions has to do with the acting. Wonderful. So I'm very excited to get into some questions about that as well. I love it. I'm excited Can't for wait. this episode. I Happy didn't even know here. about that aspect. I know. It's so. great. I'm full. We got a whole episode full of surprises for everybody here tonight. Oh, for sure. A slew of them. So one sur- one thing that's not a surprise is we're going to sit here and beg for your follows. So please, please follow us on social media. Please. You can find us, Columbus Uncut, at Columbus underscore Uncut on Twitter and Instagram. You can join our Discord where you can give us beer suggestions, food suggestions, restaurant suggestions. You can give us feedback. You can give us reviews. We'll take anything because no one really says anything to us ever. So. That's engagement. Yes. That's a lot of opportunities to engage. And personally, I'm looking forward to using one, if not many of those channels in the future. Hop there in, Chad. Hop in. <laughs> Hop on in. Before it's too late. <laughs> we also have a link tree where you can buy uh, Columbus Uncut merch. So we got pint glasses, hats, T-shirts, jerseys, hoodies, crew necks, the gamut, really. Wow. And all the proceeds of that goes directly into the podcast fund. So we're funding more equipment, um, traveling expenses when mm-hmm. we become basically the next prestige worldwide. Well, we're, we're, you guys, you guys are telling stories, and I think in in today's <laughs> world, when things are so hard, people need stories. I agree. Right. I agree. I mean, we are the this day and age is mother goose. Honestly, <laughs> yeah, we really are. <laughs> yeah. Or what's that? Uh, what was that? P- 
poetry book that everybody used to read when we Ahab, were kids. Ahab or uh, a- Silver Shell Silverstein. Shell There's Silverstein. where the sidewalk yeah, is. Yeah, that's the yes, one. That's... I feel like that's the goat of like that's you know, we're talking about Mother Goose. Kid. I feel like that's yeah. That's that. That's I had the hardcovers. Oh, for sure. We bought it for Charlotte or actually my brother in law bought it for Charlotte's birthday this last year. She doesn't want to read it though. Yeah. And I said, mm, She'll grow into give, it. Yeah, oh, give it some yeah. time. She'll get there. You give can't have time. Shell forced on you. No. Shell's... Give her time, and she'll come out of her shell. <laughs> <laughs> shell is an acquired taste. <laughs> I don't. Yeah. Okay. I agree. Yep. All right. Yeah, you well, gotta acquire some taste to like it. <laughs> uh, we're all having fun here. Shell exactly. Silverstein. That was like forty years One ago. One of the goats. <laughs> One of the goats. goats. That's right. Uh, well, Link Tree. Uh, we have you, one of those. I just have to say one thing. Didn't you just say Linktree, and then you said that's where you could find all of our stuff, and what you meant to say was Teespring, or am I... No, Teespring, Linktree. You can, so find, you can find... I think our stuff at things on our Linktree. Linktree leads you to all the things. Teespring like the t- will be one of the options in the Linktree. It's there one of the go. branches you yes. can pull on. There you go. Chad, why don't you tell us about your social media for our listeners so that... They can find not only your businesses, but your acting prowess as well. Well, uh, if you want to follow my personal journey here on this uh, internet highway, you can find me at Chad Bear, two underscores on that because some people beat me to it. Uh, the businesses, though, at 4th and State and at Edenberger Seabus. Um, that's where you're going to be getting the most of our engagement. We we do be posting pics um, personally, you know, if you want to see my my acting prowess, I might post a thing or two every now and again. But uh, hopefully soon, people will be having to go to the theater for something mm. like that. Can't wait for that. Yeah. You probably made it onto that Wicked tour that's coming through here, right? I I, uh, <clears throat> huh? I didn't. <laughs> uh, I see. Uh, I see. You didn't get my notes that I sent yeah, over. I was say, oh. uh, don't mention wicked. It's a it's a sore subject. subject. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, moving on. Well, this is gonna be an interesting one. It's I gonna be a lot go. of fun. Yeah. So our segment overview for tonight. So. Uh, typical interview segments. So we have our beer segment tonight where we have Hilltop Heritage Lager, which we found some interesting stuff out about this one as we kind of just picked this one on a whim today. Um, We are going to have our food segment where, take a guess at what we'll be talking about. Mm, Can't wait to talk about everything we've indulged in this evening. We've had a few bites. Mm, For sure. And then we'll close that out finally with our formal interview segment. Formal in quotations because nothing we do is formal. So No ties. It's no the- lapels. No cufflinks. This is Columbus Uncut. That's right. This is the f- formal informal interview coming up. That it's, it's a combination of both. It's the best of both worlds. Right. That's what we do here. It's formal because it's an interview, but it's informal in the way it's conducted. Right. Yeah. It's so... Good. Love it. With that beer segment. I need my usual jazz. All right. Hopefully it played the jazz. It was some sort of jazz. So I'm going to go ahead and crack this coldie if everyone wants to raise up their glass and get ready to crack them into the microphone for added effect. I may have prematurely ecraculated. Those were nice. <laughs> Craculated. <laughs> Synchronized. Craculation. I love that. 
Okay. Today, we are trying, well, some of us are trying, Sean, uh, Chad and I have both had this beer before, so uh, we're drinking Hilltop Lager, Heritage Lager, it's 4.2% alcohol. Uh, looking at some of the reviews I found online, uh, I like to go to this website called Beer Advocate, where a lot of, you know, just average humans like us. Uh, go in and say, you know, what they like about it, what characteristics, you know, stood out to them. Um, So one particular guy writes, pours a clear pale yellow with a thin, quickly fading white head. Aroma is mid-grain with a touch of corn, light body, slightly sweet flavor with floral hops in the finish. Overall, a non-offensive light lager a decent lawnmower beer. I forgot to tell you not to read my review on uh, the website. <laughs> your, your review from two years ago. <laughs> that's literally all I could find. Um, the reason that I had to just straight read somebody's description of said beer is because on Hilltop's website where they describe their beers, they say absolutely nothing about them. They just say where you can find somebody. Them. Somebody had to stand up and say something about this beer. And that man said just about everything you need to read. Exactly. Which, he put the facts out there so that we would know. Yeah, he's not, he's not dancing around either with subjectivity of, I liked this. I didn't like this. It was too expensive for what? No, 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 no. He got straight, straight to, to the, the facts. Straight he's like, to the hey, facts. hey, hey, we, we, got a, we got a light yellow pour here. And I'm talking a quick fading white head. This, that- thing, this thing gets crisp quick. You better start drinking. He had we, the stopwatch out and everything. I know. He was ready. I was, after I read it the first time, I was like, should we be pouring this in a glass? And I was like, nah. Nah. No need. No need for that. You can taste what he's talking about. Exactly. I can, you ta- can, I can taste that quick fading white head in my mouth right now. And the non-offensive lightness. There's not, oh. a, there's not an offense to be had. Not literally one offense. No. At all. Nope. As high, yeah, yeah. Literally, there's a tornado going on upstairs with my animal right now. I'm sure that everyone's gonna love to hear that. Um, so facts about the brewery. Okay, this is where it gets really interesting. Okay, can't wait. A, this beer was an ori- originally brewed by Four String Brewery in Columbus, Ohio. Uh, the brewery no longer exists, but the beer lives on, like a ghost. Right. So it is now made by Royal Docks Brewing Company in Canton, Ohio, and it's brewed for Hilltop Lager LLC. Hmm. So I, they're obviously knew that this was their hit, but they couldn't afford to make it themselves anymore. So they sold it out and then they must make some sort of profit when it their name gets used. I'm not quite sure how that works. Some type of drop shipping deal where now, you know, maybe potentially Hilltop Brewing LLC is some type of branding face of the company. Right. And Royal Rocks Brewing Co., Royal Docks Brewing Co., rather, is facilitating the sales or or production for them. Right. Uh, Whether it was for, you know, hey, we didn't have enough money or, hey, man, this is... This is a lot of labor to pour in when we're not trying to move mountains. We're looking for a non-offensive logger. Just going for the non-offensive. You know, I mean, and, and 
And who knows? In I'd like to. In age, that's that's a great. <laughs> right. Well, listen. In in the politically correct time, right? Could you pick a you know better option? Because eventually, all the offensive beers are going to eliminate themselves. Agreed. Get canceled. Yep. Yeah. Cancel culture yeah. is coming for. Every, I, hey, listen. IPAs clocks ticking. I know. Oh yeah. Have, they're, they're, hey, have your day happened. in the sun. It's have happened. your day in the sun. Yeah. It's already happened. We were. He, Sean just sent me an article this week about something called a cold IPA. And it's like a variation of a Wait. hazy IPA, but it's called a cold IPA. Yeah. So, I mean, literally. But that has, you know, not in reference to the temperature at which it's served, correct, which correct. should be cold, but rather another attribute. Right. And what's okay. funny is from reading the article for it being a cold IPA, it said it was brewed at a higher temperature than most other beers. That sounds like a warm IPA to right. me. Right. So I was like, maybe warm IPA just sounds gross. So Basically, they're like, cold what it IPA? came down to was hazy IPAs. When you now that we've talked to a couple of brewers, you kind of learn like they're kind of like the, I don't know, correct word, but like the redheaded stepchild of beers out there. Like brewers kind of look down on hazy IPAs, and they kind of don't like that they became big <laughs> because they're like very imperfect. Yeah. Well, do, is the hazy aspect because of some lack of filtration or what, you know, what constitutes right. haziness, you know, by what metric do we measure what's a hazy versus what's a cold? Yeah. Is it? So what we learned is basically um, the haziness comes from the fact that it's, it's uh, pulled faster. So whereas others may sit in a, what are those? Fermenting, fermenting tank, tank yeah. for for longer where everything settles to the bottom and like Alex told us they're cone shaped at the bottom so you can take all the sediment out and that's what clears everything up but a hazy IPA or whatever pull is pulled early. faster yeah. so so it's a bit of a lazy IPA there basically. you go they're See, pulling they're pulling it faster they're trying to get more of, of course more units out you pull it faster yeah you you turn more kegs you know I think that's the biggest P- thing. Potentially, is the you know. the wait time like for brewing beers. Like we had a light lager uh, from him, and he was like, "Yeah, this takes like two weeks from time he starts making it till we can drink it." And like that, you can turn over quickly. And like when you get to some of these IPAs, he was like, "You're talking six, eight weeks." Yeah. And so when you get to a hazy, he's like, "I can do that in four. And you get similar IPA profiles, but then you it's like you know they're super cloudy. And that's because not all that sediment has obviously like filtered completely out of it, but it's made its own style of beer basically. And so that's when we were talking about this cold IPA, which is like very similar to the hazy because I don't think they were. Yeah, but it doesn't look, it doesn't have the hazy. Right, exactly. So it's just really interesting how, like you said, IPA is getting canceled. Like just plain old IPAs are getting canceled. If you don't have a, a hazy, well, a cold. Uh, hey, hey, everybody's getting variants. <laughs> Every three months now with the news cycle, you got to have a new variant. You got to have a variant. You got to have a new brand. You got to have new, you know. COVID hurt, but changing. it also helped. Listen, hey, these, these businesses took notice. I know. How do you dominate the news headlines? How do you get engagement retention? Keep coming out with new ones. Yep. It's honestly genius on their part. Yeah, you know, That's why we keep coming out with soats. Exactly. No, but they're just getting farther apart now. Um, but so uh, another thing I found interesting was this uh, Hilltop beer 
uh, was not originally made for customers. The brewers made it for the employees. So when they were done with work, they could have their own style of beer. They thought that would be something cool. Well, obviously, someone was like, hey, you should try this. Hey, you should try this. That wasn't a worker. And the next thing you know, they were like, okay, we need to get this out because this is our best beer, clearly. So then it became available to the public, and wow. now look at it. Um one thing I find very interesting while looking at this can is that uh, so the beer is in a hilltop light can. If you see the blue on the background and you can see the old underneath, label underneath, so they yeah. clearly just slapped a lager label on this. And I feel like that just goes to show maybe why Royal Docks Brewing Company is. I uh, Well, see, this also begs I want to know. Who had executive oversight on this? Who's wrapping these labels? And what beer is in here? Right. Is it the light or is it the lager? I was it was it they, miscanned or mislabeled? I bet you they just had an excess of the hilltop light and like, they didn't want to spend money but on But do you cans. think they pre-label the cans prior to putting well, the beer in it? Well, you can look at the difference in label from the hilltop light. Oh yeah, well, you can definitely tell. I think yeah. I think what the difference is is the cans themselves. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm. You know, I would bet that they made, they they took a roll of the dice. They had a lot of hilltop light cans. Maybe sales didn't go how they thought they would. They've got this overspill of empty cans. Maybe they're still moving regular loggers, and they decide, hey, we fill the light cans with the regular logger, and it's cheaper for us. To slap a sticker on those cans than it is to chuck those cans or fill them and waste them and then have to get entirely new cans. Right. Again, or all, all speculation. Picture. I have yeah. no insight knowledge. This is just a man trying to put himself in the shoes of of obviously a very stressed brewer. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> obviously having guys. to make <laughs> tough business decisions, making calls back and forth to Royal Docks, being like, hey man, is this shipment going to get here on time? We need some beer. <laughs> What's even funnier is that I actually like the Hilltop Light better than the regular Hilltop Lager, so when I saw that it was wrapped like this, I was like, honestly, this might be a win because <laughs> I wanted, the, I told Sean earlier today, I was like, I want to get Hilltop Light. I'm going to go look for that. And of course they didn't have it, but they had this. And then I look at the wrapping, and you, I go, "You were praying for a mislabel." And I think, if I remember the taste correctly, I feel like we might be drinking a light. But for it's been too long, for exactly, me. I, I couldn't tell. For the sake of the episode, we have to say it's a regular because that's what the label. We got to go with their selling at label level. We got to look at this. At, at My question is: Is there anyone to tag? Who do I tag in this? Uh, Royal Docks. <laughs> well, well, and but but again, could I bet? I bet you. I bet do. Hilltop's still running their Instagram. Maybe, yeah. Well, they do still have this website. Hilltopblogger.com does exist. I was on here. That. Here, I'm just oh, well, act four of four error not found. Yeah, that, <laughs> that, did not, that did not show. I just, up. I, I'm just kidding. I'm What's just even kidding. weirder is on their website it says engage with us, and then there's a thing where you can put your name, email, phone, and a message, and just submit it. Like, does that just go to the dark web, or what uh, happens with that? That that just shoots into a hole somewhere. Yeah. Some just deep internet hole that no one will ever dig up. Yeah, no one's actually reading that. Some There's no way. info at hilltopbrewing.com. Yep. 
That is unmanaged. We should just send him a bunch of spam emails and see if anyone ever responds. I think that'd be pretty funny. It's just a go- it's a Russian ghost account. That's what it is. Run run by Putin. Yeah, <laughs> personally. <laughs> um. So that's the facts about what is left of this brewery. Who's making it now? Uh, what kind of beer we're having? So now we're gonna move on to what we're actually tasting in this. You know, we talked about the color and the. The uh, floral hops on the finish has this uh, great gentleman, I'm sure, said uh, in his post from 2019. Um, But I want to hear what everyone else is actually getting for flavor out of this. So we'll start with you, Chad, on what you're getting. Yeah, you could take a whiff of it. You can. I'm I'm deep in, you know, you eat with your eyes first with something like this coming from a can. Eat with your nose first. You take a little whiff. And I'm picking up those. That corn note mm-hmm. is is uh, you know this sweet syrupy corn smell. It's got a it's got a midwestern twang to it. Very drinkable lager. You know this is this is something I could hand to my dad and be okay with. Right. He's gonna go. Wow, this tastes like a Bud Light or whatever, but it actually has flavor. It, it, you know he'll go. It's not Miller Light. Mm. Which is his favorite, right? You know, it, not to say one is better than the other, but again, he—that's what he likes. Right. Another, I'd I'd throw that in the light lagerish. Yeah. You know, you know, just very drinkable, dad style beer. Yeah. He would drink this. I like that. I think that's a very good, uh, you know, well put together thought of what this beer really says. It's a family beer. Yeah. Now I'm sitting here smelling corn, thinking about the Midwest and my dad. Mm-hmm. And if you and that's what Hilltop's all about, right? And if you look at their pictures and whatnot, like on their website, they just have. It's, Somebody's still paying for it's that website. Super. <laughs> what's hilarious? It's so super Midwestern, like you said. They just have a bunch of cans and a bucket of ice. Yeah. And then randomly, that's one for the whole family. Randomly, two cans in some sand that's clearly at Lake Erie. Because there's a lot of grass in the back. The water screen. Exactly. Yeah. So it's <laughs> Hey, it's better there than trying to put that in Alum Creek or something like that. Uh, <laughs> shit, this could be Alum Creek. <laughs> uh, I'd have to I'd have to check the pebble count in that photo. <laughs> See any pebbles in there? I don't know. That looks like pretty Oh, that hey, even like that. Hey, hey, I can confirm that is a, a studio photo. That is a studio photograph. That is not in Ohio. That's a kid's sandbox. I can tell you that is like some guy's in LLC in Franklinton. I can't wait to tag these guys. They're gonna oh, love it. They're gonna. Love oh well, it. we want the answers. Yeah, oh, we yeah. do want the answers, and I'm I'm excited for them in the next chapter. Oh, of their we're all about on. truth, exactly. We, and that's what we focus on. Truth. The, truth. the truth needs to come out. Well, and I mean the truth about the business model. I love business. Yeah. I love models. They've obviously they're making some pivots. They're doing some shifts. Yeah. Pivot. I, I'd love to see. We just need to hear about it. That's yeah. all. Sean, what do you think of this beer? So the first thing I think of when I smell it, it's like walking into that frat house or that house that hosted a house party. Yeah, the day before, the day, a couple of days yeah. before. I I had a like girlfriend that reminded me of that smell one time. <laughs> <laughs> it's like every time we saw each other, it's like I, all I smelled was Natty Light, even though yeah. I knew she hadn't drank in one in forever. <laughs> um, but yeah, they're just that that, that corny, yeah. just like 
you know, the smell that says something happened here. Yeah. yeah. You can always tell the college, the, the houses that held the parties in college because they just oh, had yeah. that smell, you know, the frat, frat houses or their party houses. So that's what I get from it. And then as far as taste, it's typical kind of lager but i would say it's kind of got lighter notes than like a yingling Mm -hmm. so it's not as heavy doesn't sit as heavy uh doesn't make you as full as like a a yingling would but not as strong a taste as a yingling has either so when i think of lagers like that's the first lager that pops into my head as a yingling because i've drinking a lot of them um but this one has uh, decent flavor, not as much flavor as a yingling, pretty light, um, and, uh, I mean, kind of just a casual drinking beer. I wouldn't, as far as, like, situations where I drink this beer, since we kind of got into that last episode, like, this, to me, it well, kind of goes back happen. to that smell. It's like, this is a college house party drinking beer. Yeah. And that's it. Okay. Yeah, and the, I agree with you on that as well. For me... This has the smoothness and the lightness of Bud Light, but you're right. It does have less flavor than like a Yingling, but it has more flavor than those ones. And I think like if this beer was made in like a 12 pack and it sat next to like Bud Lights or something, it was the same price. I'm probably picking this up because of that flavor, uh, like addition it's just that little bit more i i actually get fuller though from yinglings and i know that it's also they have a yingling light and a regular or whatever but the you with them you're compromising the fullness you get with bud light you're compromising the taste for not fullness and this is like your perfect middle ground you know what i mean yeah it uh definitely doesn't feel like it takes up as much room right as other and maybe it's that crisp fading head there's not as much punch behind it there's not it's as not much offensive bubbling it's not trying to cause a ruckus it's not yeah. and i you know the the 12 pack the smaller cans i think i think that could give this new light mm. because that would instantly increase another metric by which you guys you know, oh, discuss yeah. poundability. Yeah, poundability. I, I think if right. this was in, you know, again, and I'm not, I'm not the biggest uh, pounder out there. Yeah. When it, you know, I've had my fair share of stints, but again, if I was looking at Bud Light, Miller Light, Yinglings, I mean, yeah. come, I mean, if this was in a smaller can, that's easy pickings. Yeah, it, it's just because it's so. Again, uh, maybe it's dependent on the situation, what you're looking for. Right. If you're looking for, hey, I'm looking top quality. I want more taste. I don't mind getting a little full. Maybe you go with something else. But if you're looking for, I got to have something in my hand the whole night. Yeah. Just to be sipping on to get me through whatever the experience may entail. Could be dangerous. I feel like if PBR is the beer of poverty... This is the beer of middle class. <laughs> this is this is PBR plus tax return. Right. So is this right. a is this if if PBR is a tier C, this is a tier B. Probably. This is a tier B beer. Yeah, okay. I'd say, and which kind of goes to our poundability section of this. Like Chad was saying, if this was sold in twelve packs, 
depending on the situation. I got a situation. I could drink 12 of these with ease. Okay, so you got a family reunion. Oh, okay. And your family reunion is a just hodgepodge, you know, the classic uh, layout of food. Everyone brought their own dish, right? A potluck, I believe. Yeah. A potluck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Potluck so I was time. trying to think of the word, yeah. but or I couldn't think of it. some call it a carrion. Yeah, Ooh. well. But yes. you know how at those typical events you have what people bring as big coolers, right? And that's what all the drinks are. Yeah. When you open yeah. up the cooler, it's like you never know what's going to be in there. So you get to the to the potluck of your family uh, reunion, mm-hmm. and one of the coolers is full of these hilltops, right? And the others is just Diet Cokes. <sighs> no, so no water. So no water. Okay. Um, I think – Another factor I'm going to need to know about is their yard games, or are we talking? What kind of setting is this? And because unfortunately, I imagine some very sterile, like closed environment. Yeah. So this this family this is at a town hall. Is held? No, it's held at a park (laughs) under a uh, like like a a gazebo type deal, or like one of the larger park structures with the multiple. You know, you got your four to six. Open air size, roof Some places you might have to rent it before others. It's always first come, first Right. So there there is yard games. The yard game's available. Okay. Uh, We're in the mess, Midwest, so there's some cornhole. Okay. Right? And And then you got some horseshoes. How many many hours or how much time are we spending at this endeavor? Uh, Let's see. Well, it's a family reunion, so this is a big event. You got people coming in from all over. Mom or dad's side of the family, or both. That's a big one. Or both. These are... These are different Is it dynamics. your literal whole family? Like, both sides or, put them and, together. And both potentially, sides, yes. both sides. Both sides. This and, family and, reunion does not discriminate between and, sides of family. And is there, what's the uh, the catalyst? You know, what has brought these families, you know, because a funeral, so your family, yard games, everybody's like, does, I, feel like, I miss Harry. Yeah. He should have seen okay. this. So you're the youngest, youngest child in this family. And okay. every 10 years, the youngest child of the family has to plan a big family reunion. So you are also the organizer. Of Ooh, oh, man. man. Okay. So I'm the organizer. Are there after? Okay. We're at the event. Is there anything else that needs orchestrating? Nope. Once, I'm here. So you're once, there. At- once the day has come and 11 a.m. has hit at the park. At that point, it's all about who shows up, Correct. Right. puts their puts their carry-in items, their potluck items on the bench, right. and then it's just hanging out from them. There's no Correct. more hard decisions to be made. Correct. It's just so it's a once it from in then a, on. Yeah. It's a once-in-a-ten-year event. Once-in-a-ten-year. Okay, if it's once-in-a-ten-year. And what was it? Did we throw a time frame on it? Oh, yeah. So you're looking at probably uh, 11 six to hours five. tops. Yeah. 11 to 5. Yeah, six hours. Five. You're on the same page, wow. but... I'm going to go ahead and say, oh, man. See, with me, the thing is, is that once I have one, and, like, depending on how quickly it goes down, which this is a quicker, quick guy. It's going down quick. Then they just start going. And they're so, in these size cans. Right. The full size. Yeah. 16, We're talking 16, flow, 16 fluid ounces right, right now. I got to be I got to be careful. With this, especially at a family reunion, because it's once every 10 years, I don't want to blow it on getting hammered and then not getting to talk with everybody, you know what I mean, and catch up. Uh, 
I'm going to go in a six-hour period. I can have ten of these. Wow. Ten in six hours? That's a hundred and six. I want to be. That's a little over one an hour. Yeah, I feel like that's just perfect because Consistency. Your, body, your body also what burns a drink an hour. So it's like you're not even drinking. <laughs> right? How many, how okay, many diet, let's, how many diet I, I gotta, are you sprinkling in there? I'm not having a single. Here's the thing. Is, the thing. Yo, I know for a fact Dr. Oz has said some shit like that. <laughs> About your body burning a drink an hour? It's like. He's like, and and here's the thing, your body, you're burning a drink an hour anyway, so you keep it light, right. a, a calorie free beverage. It's basically like you're losing weight. I, I, that's that's how I feel anyway, and I feel like <laughs> beer is what like also like seventy percent water. Diet right? Coke, I'm not drinking any water. So are humans. Yeah. Me and beer, we're not so different. It's same, like right? it's like I'm getting more myself with every can. Oh. So I'm going with 11. No, what I say? 10. 10. <laughs> oh, oh, he's wow. scaling. He's, yeah, I'm he's going scaling. with 10. I'm going with 10. 10 yeah. beers, 6 hours. 10 beers in 6 hours because I want to have a good time. I want to be, you know, my thirst to be quenched. Maybe just a little bit of buzz rocking to keep it light, keep it fun. But I want to be able to talk to everybody and not be like over by the pond, you know, where you're yelling at the kids, don't get near the pond. Yeah. Don't feed the geese. I don't want to be over there puking or falling in. Yeah. Cause then yeah, you don't want that. for 10 years. That's the that's story. literally yeah. all but anyone's going to talk about. Orchestrate the next one. No, so. you do. You said you have to orchestrate every single one. No, then, then the next the youngest family. would, be, would take it. It would be your sins would get passed on to the next. Oh, but see, would be that screwed. would come up though every. But then, and then you've got this cousin that was eleven then, right. who got ten years later is twenty one, and oh, everybody's like, "Don't the ones... pull a Caleb, <laughs> right?" And that we goes... had to pull him out of the river. That goes on until you die. Yeah, at that point. So I just couldn't have that. So ten, ten, okay, ten. Chad, see, uh, I think, I think the caveat here is there's there's a cooler full of diet coke too and my mom is an addict i was i was raised on that stuff i was drinking the kool-aid so a guy like me i'd be bouncing back and forth yeah i'd be i'd be yeah i'd be reverberating between those two coolers you know i may be hitting three to four of these diet coke in between we call that a palate cleanser oh i'm tossing some cornhole I'm talking to the kids. I'm chopping it up with the the adults. I'm touching every demographic, covering the spread. Not drinking too much to where I'm gonna lose touch with the kids, right. so to speak. Right. But uh, but I'm having a good time right. over the course of that afternoon. But again, if these were in these were in twelve Twelvers. ounce cans, we could be looking at something different. Right. The, the The problem with this is once you get past that eight to ten ish. If you don't crush that last bit, you're sitting. That bottom third, it's it's the most daunting. It's increasing in temperature. Mm -hmm. If conversations are running long and you can't have a a long, confident uh, swig, what becomes of you? That's why you always start the conversations next to the cooler. So then if it's going sour, open it back up to get one. And then you're you're right back. You launch. It. Yeah. Oh, I gotta go see if Larry wants one of these. <laughs> yeah. uh, hey, hey, Larry. Larry. <laughs> Sean, what do you think, pal? 
Did we get a number? Yeah, you said four. And I think then, I'm gonna go. I think I'm gonna go four, and I'm I'm yeah. peppering in some DCs in between. Yeah. So just so in an eight in eight hour period, I just extended it in a six hour period. We're talking four beers, four DCs. Oh, four. yeah. I'm going twelve. Twelve or yeah, twelve of these, no, twelve of these sixteen ounce cans. Yeah. So I, here's how I'm looking at. It. So that's basically. Well, yeah, I have a story for Chad after. That's after basically two this. an hour, right? Yeah. So here's how I'm looking at it. Think of how long a work week is and how much it sucks, right? Yeah. And how much do you want a beer at the end of a work week? Pretty bad. You just planned, orchestrated this whole event. That's true. I'm not. I'm not. I get that. Like the response. Like the responsibility's gone at this point. But it's it's, like he said. All it's. You orchestrated everything. You showed. Everyone showed up. It now it's It's done. Pressure's off. Ten years to plan it. Pressure's off. You yeah, but if you had ten weeks to study for an exam in college, did you? You'd wait till the last week. Yeah, still exactly. So wow. Yeah. So I love it. Twelve beers. The food's there. And also, I, I don't know how many family reunions you've been to. You got cousins you've never seen in your life there. True. You've got second and third yeah. cousins twice removed. So if I'm like, gonna be talking to all these people, dude, and I might I'm, need more than a diet coke. Yeah, I'm gonna be get having a, a, a few. I, I've in, seen like, these fuckers' Instagrams. Lit. I'm slamming four <laughs> in the first hour, so that just <laughs> just ripping them. Yeah, that just Coming eliminates like the challenge for the rest of the day right there right so plus my family also likes to party and have fun okay. so there's no there stigma go. involved if we're all just having a good time right. so i'm so going if you're 12 th- if in you're throwing hours, up in the pond afterward they're just gonna be like oh well i'm not throwing up after 12 of these in six hours two beers an hour well and when your body burns a beer an hour or how hot hour, is it yeah. outside yeah that is another Factor. Oh, that is a good factor. Is it it's 70? a summer. It's a summer. Oh, it's ninety. Oh, oh man, ten, dude. That and twelve and four even might put you down a little ways. It's 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 rough for sure. You're feeling it the next day. I mean, think about when you go like to Florida and you're you're sitting like on the beach. The sun and just you, zapping you. You drink like two Coronas. You're like, I'm literally hammered. I'm literally the drunkest I've ever <laughs> been in my life, and I want to. Be naked in the ocean. Exactly. I have a headache and I'm not even hungover yet. What is yeah. going on? Yeah, so yeah. that's what I mean. It's just like there's I've, a nice breeze though. I'm gonna oh, say a nice eight, breeze. I'm gonna okay, say okay. 80s with a nice 80s breeze. 80s with a breeze. Is, okay. I mean, it's not uncomfortable. Is there a sprinkler uh, area for kids to play in around? A water fountain? Yeah. Even? Uh, no, but there's a pond, like you said. See, so. it's a dirty pond though. I, you never know what's in there. Yeah, no, you weren't. You planned it, and you didn't want to deal with the mess of a sprinkler and all that. Yeah, you're so. right. Okay. Okay. Yeah, so I we mean, got... after that kind of release, you know, orchestrating everything, you know, I'm not going to make any crazy edits, but I can see myself bumping up. Yeah, that's I mean, yeah. seven. Uh, that's six to seven range. Un- and again, you know, it's not unheard if you're of. getting all these different demographics of family. You might even have to tap in a couple beers just to reach some people. If my dad, <laughs> if my right. if my dad's side of the family is coming in, still living in Terre Haute, Indiana, you need to. They're not even going to be able to understand a word that's coming out of my mouth until I'm like five deep. <laughs> you need to tap, 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 <laughs> tap, in. tap, tap, tap in. Crack in, brother. <laughs> okay, so we got 
10 for me, 12 for Sean, 4 for Chad, but could change depending I, on the I situation. Could, I could go up to 7 depending on the temperament of the oh, people involved. 4 to 7 Three, is where we're going. And again, that yeah. and that's and that's I could be cutting diet cokes. Right. If again, you know, the company calls for it, I've I I've I've got liquid I've allocated in my first I've still got, you know, those 4 12-ounce diet coke cans. That, right. At any moment, they could get traded out for another 16 Ozer. Hey. So what's your story that you wanted to tell? Oh, I was just going to inform Chad about how Sean said he's going to drink 12 in this extended period. Well, we had an interview not that long ago, and we have a standing bet that's going to be taking place this summer. Uh, we drank a 16-ounce beer that was like 8% or something, and we did this poundability segment after we had it. And Sean was like, I could drink nine of these. And I was like, you would die. Like, not literally, but you would be so hammered. Like, there's no way. And he was like, nope, I could do it. No problem. So this summer we're doing that. And for him to say 12, it's 90 at first. He changed to 80 with a breeze, changed it slightly. And then I'm like, dude, two Coronas in a 90-degree day out on the beach. It'll change things. It changes the game. So oh, it does. I would totally agree 12, you're going to be laying down. I never down. said 90. I just said it was summer. Yeah. I think I just associate 90 with summer. I don't know. <laughs> hey, with, just one with, of those with, you know. Climate change, yeah, right. That's that's gonna be the new the, the new, new status norm. quo. Yeah, yeah the new it's norm. The new norm. Well, okay. So poundability is taken care of. Normally, at some point, we we would talk about like the can and the bottle. We kind of went over that with how they taped a label on top of another label. There's I do want to say one. one thing though. Yeah, I like that about it. I that like the, it. I just, like. Well, it's got it's that unique, still still got that startup of, feel to it. Yeah, where it's like you know. Fuck! Ship it. <laughs> yeah. What else? Are, what Just else are we gonna do, man? Do it. Yeah, ship it. That, you know that's no that, that is that is such like a a startup culture. Mm-hmm. Like, bro, we gotta fucking just get this. We out, just gotta. Man. F- I like, feel like this out. is a can you'd find like burn up around a like bonfire pit. No, this is something. one that you find literally in a front yard, going down like summit. Chittenden. Chit. This. I is bet. Just... I bet if we drove out right now. Yep. We'd, we'd see them in their natural habitat just flying off porches. Yep, <laughs> up on roofs yeah. and whatnot. Oh, the good old days. Now, see, I was trying to skip that segment to just save a scotch of time, but I'm glad we got that Hey, in we there. got 40 seconds so in there. We're all right. We're going to end the beer segment here with just our overall rating on a scale of 1 to 10 Buckeye Leaves. Now, Chad, we throw this Buckeye Leaf rating in. As Buckeyes fans, you know the leaves on the helmet. Yep. Okay. Yep. Now, decimals are allowed in this. And mm. I've explained to some other guests, but I'll explain to you since you're new to the show here. Decimals are allowed because just imagine if you're a running back and you're running full speed and someone clocks you in the helmet, part of your leaf comes off. Yeah. You can tear parts of a leaf off. Right. You might have... Not every leaf is whole, nor does it have to be to be valuable. Exactly. So you Every under- piece counts. You understand. Yeah. So I need one being the worst, ten being this is literally nectar of the gods. Yeah. What do you got? For something like this, you know, I think sometimes what I value is the the drinkability you know the offensiveness sometimes Mm. is you know sometimes 
something can taste good but be more offensive than it allows you to really enjoy it. Um, so I'd probably set this around a 6.5 to a 7. Mm. Um, because it's, again, it's not going to blow you out of the water. It's not right. going to be something you're going to be taking home to show anybody. Right. But something that if you wanted a drink, you could have a few of these easily. Yeah. Love that. I think that's a great score. Yeah, I think you're kind of right in line with it. I'm thinking, like, I got it at a six, and I have it at that because there's certain things you rate it on, and that's flavor. Flavor, middle of the road, not great. Uh, ABV, do you get? are you getting bang for your buck, right? Which What, what do you have to spend? How many am I supposed to be drinking right, versus, right. you know... Am I having to drink a bunch to, right. to get the desired effect, or yeah. do I feel like they're stringing me along? Right. And the ABV is not even that 4. high. 4.2, yeah, not too high. For, and, you know, for a 16-ounce can. Yeah. You know? Right. But again, you know, you're getting a little bit more of that 4.2, right. so it's not 4.2 at a 12-ounce can. Mm-hmm. So you're getting a little bit of... Get a little bit of swagger in your step with well, every can. Well, and since it really is a hilltop light, uh, that's only three point eight percent. Okay. So, so to me, like, I, if I'm getting a lager out, like, I'd pick a Yingling over this just because it has more flavor. Would and you pick a Assistant Manager by Seven Sun? Oh, any day, any day. Four point five percent. Six flat. Well, it's got management potential. It's six does. flat. It's on. The, it's climbing. Six the flat. Ladder. Six flat. Six flat. Okay, I'm gonna go. <sighs> Man, this is tough. I'm gonna go. Because I do, I like the flavor a lot, and I don't get full, and that's like a big thing for me. I'm a big light beer guy. I do like to dabble in the heavier, stronger beers. Uh, it just always turns bad because, I, like I've said before, once I have one, I just need you, to keep you having keep some. It, you want to, yeah, you know, you know your habits. You right. know, you like to consume. So a metric you value is, hey, I can consume without really thinking about feeling it. it's yeah. too heavy either on my mind or on my belly. Right, because the second I get one of those seven percenters and I just go to the same mindset, next thing you know, I'm feeling like a puffer fish and walking like a puffer fish as well. And that's when things just... You don't you don't dance like that with the swim. double IPAs. Right. I'm just not the best with those. No. So I'm going to go... I'm going to go 7.1 because I really like the flavor and the lightness of this hilltop light is one of my favorites and i secretly think this is a hilltop light so we've we've got some we we would like some sort of confirmation yeah. we're very open to to engaging with the hilltop brand and and getting to the bottom because again i think the product is very well received all around yeah we oh, something yeah. something that if oh you know shared shared in groups absolutely lovely you know we also think there's wonderful yeah. potential with your brand you we know. will take a picture and we will at these both uh what is it rocky or the royal docks brewing royal co yeah in canton ohio i just made which sure to... thank you for your service to yes. continue brewing i just took a picture of the work. area of the can that we're thinking about that way we can send it off and find out the answers from yeah. the people who would really know so that's the beer segment today. I think that was a lot of fun. We got to yeah, uh, we had a heck of a sitch there. Yeah, there's just so much involved with this beer that we thought would be. I could hardly find any information and look at us. Right. We took that to new heights. We had a hell of a family reunion. 
So I'm going to pass it on here to Sean uh, for the food segment. He leads uh, this sector, so he's going to uh, get into it here a little bit with Chad about the food we've tried this evening. Yeah, so food segment this week. We didn't go to a restaurant like we normally do. do. We had the restaurant brought to us. So, Chad, can you just kind of start out telling us, I mean, you had Eden Burger and you have 4th and State. Can you kind of tell us where they started, how the thing came about, um, kind of the evolution? Eden Burger was first, right? Yes. And then how it got into 4th and State. Definitely. Um, so I think, you know, the a long story made concise. You know, I have a group of friends that I had really tried to start a lot of different businesses with while we were in and out of college. Uh, we were kind of dropping in and out, trying a bunch of different things, trying to see what would work. Uh, in 2016, we ended up going vegan after my buddy watched some documentary about uh, climate change and just like this super large scale animal agriculture. Um, and he was like, oh man, something we could do to, to make the world a little bit more sustainable is, you know, just eat plants. Um, and we were trying to, we were on this whole get rich, save the world vibe. So we were like, oh, if it, if it helps the world, we'll change our diet. You know, it's the smallest thing we, all of our businesses had failed since then. So we were looking for a win. So it was like, damn, if I got to learn what fucking tempeh is uh and eat that instead of chicken or you know i feel like i'm doing something uh and that's kind of when we saw there weren't at that time as many vegan restaurants or options um and we saw the market potential so that's kind of when like our uh overall wanting to start a business kind of met with food again um we started doing pop-up events in our house uh, eventually scaled that to a couple bars and restaurants around Columbus when we got more confident in the product. Um, and just like in a, you know, fortuitous sequence of events, met the owner to the spot we're at now. And we were able to like start that up for less than 10 K um, because they had had a restaurant kind of cut and run on them. Um, guys that we had known. Um, so we knew the place was closed we were somewhat familiar with it, uh, and he gave us an opportunity. It was like six months. Uh, your rent will be determined on your sales. If you don't sell much, you won't pay much. If it's six months, you guys aren't doing well, you can cut and run. If it's going well, we'll re-up. So after like six pop-ups at different bars and restaurants, we signed the lease to this place, spent the summer cleaning it and like building the tables from – pallets from construction sites that my buddy took <laughs> from all around Columbus. Um, and yeah, you know, uh, just, you know, with a couple of my friends opened up Eden Burger in 2017, eight months after our first house pop-up where, you know, before that we, none of us had any food experience at all. Um, and yeah, you know, kind of worked at that for a few years. Um, 2019, we, we bought this struggling cafe in downtown, or at least the business. We don't own the property or anything. Um, but yeah, opened up 4th and State about two years later, um, which is like my downtown diner concept. Edenburger's a lot more fast food. The burger, fry, milkshake, um, house-made veggie burger, 
pretty much everything house made over there. Um, yeah, yeah, and just a whole, you know, really coming from a background, a little experience, everything's been trial, trial and error. Trial um, by fire. Yeah, 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 for sure. I, you know, I've always described us as bumps and bruise type entrepreneurs. You, you know, we didn't do much in college, uh, and yeah, never really had any expertise in anything that we were trying, but we always just had these ideas that we pursue and, you know, you kind of get knocked around a little bit and you, you find out more about the space you're in and, and you just try to get better over time. Mm-hmm. So did you have any experience or background in the food industry or what were you going to school for? Um, you know, I had, I worked at a pizza place for like three years or three months in high school Felt I like worked three years. Huh? It, it, it felt like three years. Yeah. When you're an 18 year old trying to graduate and working at fucking Romeo's pizza, uh, <laughs> it takes years off your life. Yeah, it, it did. It did. I didn't like to weigh my cheese back then. My manager, Jason was always on me to weigh my cheese. And I was like, dude, <laughs> let me just make the pizza. <laughs> let me, live. Let me, now you know, like, wow. I and now run away. Yeah. And now I'm, now I'm like, AJ, wait, no, we don't, we don't weigh the cheese. Right. We, we put enough cheese to cover the pizza. Right, let's yeah, say, right. um, but yeah, you know, I I had, was a host and busser at an Italian restaurant for like three months one summer, and I worked uh, at you know Cider Reserve Country Club in their like events and banquet section, pretty much all for now stuff. Um, no real experience in food, you know. I made frozen pizzas for my friends when they'd come over, and we'd you know smoke weed and hang out in my basement i'd make them a DiGiorno pizza and some ranch dressing and bring down some hot sauce and they may have saw me as a chef but uh you know it it was never really anything that crossed my mind i kind of was trying to get out of food service you know went to college not knowing what exactly i wanted to do um went in for business at first took business math Mm decided to switch majors <laughs> you know i i i switched to film studies because i had an interest in acting and movies and directing and writing um but then i found out you know you don't make any movies you just watch them and write about them and i was like well fuck it yeah. i, I want to run for president someday i'll hop into political science yeah and you know they're not teaching me how to be the best president ever. They're teaching me what gerrymandering is. Right. I'm like, I know what gerrymandering is, and I know it's wrong. <laughs> I just want to know how to stop it. Um, so, I, you know, when I was super young, it was just, you know, college wasn't almost instant gratification enough for me where yeah. I was like, you know, this doesn't exactly, you know, I want to do, I feel like I need to do something now. Right. Um, and I want to create something of my own. Um, it just took a while to really find a product that people cared about really at all. Um, and we just happened to find it with, you know, the plant-based foods that was, you know, we had had some things that people thought were funny or that sold. you know, we, our, our first venture that worked was like selling Ezekiel Elliott crop tops at Ohio state that, that we, we all put in $500 and that's what we built everything off of. Um, and so we, put, we each put in $500 to get all these Ezekiel Elliott crop tops, <laughs> sold them. I bought one. Yeah. Uh, yeah, all these girls were buying them on Etsy. At the end, his dad bought the rest of our stock, thank God, because we had, like, a lot, a lot of them <laughs> left because we didn't really, like, care about football. You know, we weren't tailgating and really right. riding it hard. It was one of those things where I was like, you know it would be, you know it would be, fucking sell, dude. <laughs> 
crop, you know, I was walking through Barnes and Noble one day and was like, he wears crop tops. Why don't they sell a crop top jersey? Sold some. We made a couple thousand dollars. Yeah. Failed at a few things. Used the last thousand dollars to get our Edinburgh pop up off the ground. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I remember, I remember it. Well, this is a little tidbit away from the food segment. Um, when you guys started the uh, grocery delivery service, Grosh. yes, Gross. and look but and look at fucking Postmates, Instacart, all that Dude, shit. Now you were well before that. We were before all of them. We were at this time. Instacart was only in Seattle. I know. And if you would have, if we would have COVID somehow or this, wait, and this was back in 2015. That's what I mean. If we would have just stuck with that, Gross. we would have we would have been bought by Instacart or Amazon, and that was you know we were always going to these startup pitch events yeah. uh enrolling in ohio state's idea pitch comp we lost every business plan competition we ever entered to kids who never went on to build a business I know. and it makes me so mad i, I, um, I know and but, and, but that was i remember that gross, clear as day cause I gross, was like, we came in we, yeah because i was very similar to chad and i was like we don't even have to leave, dude. They will bring us the groceries. Yeah, I mean that was that was something we did it like a they have these startup weekend events where a bunch of people get together and everybody throws out an idea. People vote on which ones are the coolest, and yeah. then all these teams compete over the weekend to build a startup. Um, and that was like the only event we ever placed in. We built it and delivered multiple people's. We made like two hundred dollars that weekend delivering people's groceries. We like started a Twitter account and just started like hitting up our friends. Like, hey man, you need us to pick you up anything? <laughs> you um, need me to get you anything from the store? And yeah, you know that's that's kind of a, a story with a couple of our things, you know. And that's yeah. that that kind of helped us, you know, parlay into Edinburgh is that we were always trying something. We'd fuck it up and like kind of let it go and move on to the next thing. And two years later, my mom sees someone doing a segment where they built up that same style business. Um, so, you know, my parents were always like, man, you're just always this close. We always see you try something. Yeah. It fails or you, you move on. And then like a year and a half later, someone else is doing it as like their full time gig. But so much of it was just like, you know, we were just dabbling so yeah. much, just you know, being being little idiots with stuff. That, that you know? one I remember specifically, and I literally said something to somebody the other, like this was not that long ago, and I was like, my buddy Chad thought of Instacart before Instacart was even <laughs> I, a thing. I, I wanted and I wanted just, to make that bigger, and and we and we really could have. We just tried to hit the wrong demographic. We were really trying to hit like the Upper Arlington people yeah, first yeah. because they had the money to spend for grocery delivery. Right. And at that time, you could order your groceries from like Giant Eagle and they would box it up for you okay. and put it in your car. So we were going to try and leverage on top of that. So it's like, hey, you order your groceries. Right. We're just going to pick it up and bring it to you. Right. But the Upper Arlington people, us going door to door like, well, hey there, babe. Oh, would you like us to deliver your, gro-? you know, again, I, I we were trying made for that. Right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. We we were, we were trying to like, you know go old school on it where if we would have just stuck to the digital presence, mm-hmm. maybe focused on college kids and, and smaller grocery needs, you know, I, I definitely 
wanted to be a Grosh boy. Yeah. You know, I, I, you know, I had visions of being on that ground operations team wearing my almost like black UPS uniform, the short shorts and the Timberland boots rolling up with people's groceries. Hell yeah. But, uh, you know, just another, just another so adventure great. that was thrown in the so scrap great. pile, you know. Love that. Well, we're, before we get too deep into all this, can you give us the locations of both? Yes, uh, so Edenberger is located on Ohio State's campus um, near 8th and High, uh, right, near, right near that King and High Kroger complex. 4th um, and State, located downtown at the intersection of 4th Street and State Street. Um, huh, kind of like the corner. I, you know, yeah, yeah, you know, we, we tried to knock out two, two questions with one. The, the, the what's it called and where is it at, right. you know, 4th and State, we... That solves it all well, right there. Edenberger is actually connected to the Village Idiot, right? Uh, so, yeah. So, the the building owners own the bar. Got it. They own that space. Okay. And that's why they wanted us to fill it. Because right, they owned the right, bar right. and they wanted someone to just have food. Yeah. And there's like a little window that okay. serves in. Okay. that a, a window that goes from our kitchen into the bar directly. Right. Okay. So now both are, are vegan, right? Yes. So what's the difference in kind of food offerings between Eden Burger as opposed to Fourth and State? Uh, you know, I think there's definitely some overlap and then they're both these kind of traditionally American style menus. Eden Burger's a bit more fast food. Um, we do a house made like burger recipe there, all house made sauces. Um you know, we hand shuck the fries. Uh, you've got mozzarella sticks, onion rings, pickle chips, uh, our tempeh nuggets. Um, Those look so good. Uh, it's a barbe- barbecue tempeh nugget and ranch. That's my go-to. Ugh. It's packed with protein. And, yeah, it just kind of, like, reminds me of, uh, you know, the boneless BW3-style wings almost. Um but yeah, everything it's kind of like all house made fast food stuff there. Um and yeah, Fourth and State is, is kind of like more dinerish. Um we use Beyond Meat for all of our burgers, um, which is I, I guess the main difference in the burgers. Um but otherwise we do a lot of brunch items, stuffed crust pizza. Uh the menu is definitely a lot bigger at Fourth and State. Uh the seating, you know, we've got maybe forty four seats. At Fourth and State and Edenburgers, you know, kind of mainly a, a takeout spot on campus, um, especially since COVID. It's such right. a small, compact space that, other than summer when customers can utilize the patio, it's a lot of takeout business. Um, and Fourth and State, we, we rock a lot of dine-in, and especially on our weekend brunches, um, kind of pack the place out. Now, do you have, like, online ordering at either location? Yeah, so you can online order for pickup through order spoon that's what i did tonight before i brought in our stuff i i hit the website and you know 30 minutes went picked it up um and then we're on uber eats postmates as well okay. to, to get it delivered awesome all right now let's talk about what we had here tonight yes so we as we said as chad said we had he brought some food over for us so what what do we have here tonight uh, so I, I brought a couple things that I thought might pair well with the beer tasting. Uh, we had our stuffed crust pizza, the Nashville hot chicken. Um, 
We had our per, uh, personal pan pizza, the faux show, which is kind of our meat lovers. It showcases all of our faux meat products and our loaded fries. All very traditional Americana. You know, the loaded fries, they got our queso ranch, uh, uh, seitan-based bacon, green onions. Um, you know, we move certainly a lot of breakfast and brunch items, but these are kind of that Friday night feel type foods that we yeah. offer. I'd say so, and did it well. I think it was perfect. Honestly, I, was a, I liked it all, but my favorite was the Nashville hot chicken. That... It honestly, and we had this discussion earlier about you know like how you've made your cheese n- taste like real cheese. You know what I mean? Like just something like that. I could I couldn't tell the difference if if you were to put a Nashville hot chicken regular with real chicken and all that kind of stuff on it next to that, and if you wouldn't have said anything, just said eat them and say which one's better. I would have picked. Yours probably because it actually had like all the flavors and I wouldn't have not even known that it didn't have like any of the like real cheese or real chicken or anything like that on it. That is what was amazing to me is that I would pick that over anything and not even know if you didn't tell anybody they wouldn't know the difference. And I mean, that's that's the goal, you know, Um, I think the the key to kind of growing the market outside of people who consider themselves vegan or on that plant-based spectrum is just making good food that, you know, that doesn't taste that, that just tastes great. You know, um, I, again, I didn't come from any crazy culinary background, so I'm not trying to do, you know, have people's mouths do backflips, you know, it's all about the, these typical American foods that maybe think, uh, when you're you're trying to eat things that are based from plants that you got to give up or kind of sacrifice the taste or the cheese or uh you know the chicken but you know a lot of companies are devoting a lot of time effort and and funding to making things that taste great and taste mm-hmm. comparable because the key is to make it taste the same or better. Right. That's how you grow the market and end up making things sustainable. You don't want to make anybody give up anything or feel like they're missing out on anything you know make a pizza that they'd prefer anyway regardless of the supply chain behind it because in america that's that's what drives behavior people aren't going to compromise their decisions always for some altruistic purpose and be like this tastes like shit, but uh, I know I know the money's going to a good place. Right. So it's a better place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's that's just uh, again, yeah. But not you don't want to make people make that sacrifice, nor do people want to make that. You know, you can't build a business off. Hey, make the sacrifice. Right. Especially in the restaurant industry, when you know people come to spend money to get shit that they like and right. they want. Now, yeah, in a timely fashion, you know, yeah. and with a smile, and that, and that's, you know, that's what we try to do. Is, yeah, is try to make good American food, and uh, I yeah, think, hopefully, right. hopefully, give a, you know, a, at least just a, a nice time. You know, food is such a communal oh, vessel yeah. for people to get together, talk, eat, chop it up over something. So I think um, you hit the nail on the head with this stuff too. And honestly, uh, 
I don't know if she listens to this, but my mother-in-law is very, very, like, health conscious with all that kind of stuff and tries to go for, like, dairy-free, vegan-style things. And I would love to take her. She would, like, be in heaven. Oh, so yeah. We're definitely – Yeah, hit- just, you know, just throw her, hey, the, the like, just egg brand scramble that we use. Yeah. No, no cholesterol. You yeah. know the soy chorizo. Probably like wouldn't no even have cholesterol. To do. You know, hey, you know, if she's health conscious again, I. Well, she could. I could. I tell you what cholesterol. You know, you know, or what all that. Yeah. Exactly does. She's gluten free also, and so that's. We, we you know we got a couple things that could accommodate. Right. I'll hook her up with some brunchos, Hell some yeah. brunch nachos. Oh yeah, she'd love. See, she, burrito that's right bowl up perhaps. Alley. Right up her alley. So one thing that Alex and I were talking about while you were upstairs that I also love about the Nashville hot chicken pizza that we had is it has pickles on it. Yes. And I've never I've never had pickles on a pizza and it's like You've never had concept. Nashville hot chicken pizza before? No. Oh. Honestly okay. never. I love like I've talked to you about my Nashville hot chicken experiences in the past. Absolutely yeah. love it. You know I like hot things. But the pickles on the pizza fantastic. Next level. Yeah. Next level. But another thing I want to highlight is those fries. Oh, loaded unreal. fries. Loaded fries were great. So good. The, like I, I talked about before with the cheese matching thing. The queso. queso. Dude, literally no difference to me. And I think that's where well, I, I haven't had a lot of dairy-free type things or besides a couple ice creams and a couple cheeses that weren't good. But that was just like the polar opposite of what you would expect. Like, like I said before, I ate those things expecting, okay, this might taste a little bit different. Not that it's going to be good or bad. Just might be different than what, Correct. but, but I took a bite of it and I didn't know it was different. Like if, if, if I wouldn't have known that this was your restaurant, these were your spots. And this It'd was just be, food. if this just got delivered and from like, DoorDash yeah, or Uber Eats. I'm just bringing this food over so we can all have some. I'd been It'd like, just dude, be food. this stuff is amazing. Yeah. yeah. And so that's where I feel like you've won this is you've matched, like, which sounds like was your plan all along, you know, match that flavor so that you can get people to kind of switch away from the, you know, uh, the the whole animal thing and go more plant based. Not that that was like your main focus, but saving the world, as you said, you're you're getting one step closer to that by making food that tastes just like that kind of stuff. Yeah, and and you know, just slightly more sustainable. And mm-hmm. you know, again, hopefully, yeah, you you make food like this so that you grow the the market so right. that people who are vegan can bring their non-vegan family members who are you know they roll in skeptical yeah uh but when you know a lot more times than not people roll out like damn i was low-key thinking that this was going to be whack because my daughter picked the place or my girlfriend picked the place or you know the parents are coming with the son visiting from columbus and he picked the place and they're like oh jesus we're at the vegan restaurant yeah i'll get the americana burger (laughs) and then it fucking slaps right and And they're like damn okay well actually this kind of changes again some people it's like any restaurant you know some people do it well some people yeah don't do it as well um you know we we try to make 
vegan as accessible. There are definitely people doing definitely more avant-garde things in terms of vegan restaurants and, uh, you know, at some point I'll probably dip my toe into something like that. But I think for right now my interest really lies on, yeah, how do you create these kind of brands that are super fundamental to American culture? Yeah. The burger brands, the pizza brands, the chicken brands. Um, but you give them a little bit more sustainable of a supply chain and, and just kind of build from there. Yeah. Um, love it. I love it. So love good. It. Well, so good. I do want to getting... Well, I know one thing I want to ask though, if before, if you're going to, I was going to move on into the formal interview. Okay. Well, I just want to ask one thing just so our listeners can kind of get an idea as far as Eden Burger, what type of price range are we looking at? Like, as far as you walk in, is it an $8 burger? Is it a $10 burger? Yeah, I think uh, I, I'm i pretty sure all the burgers are between 8 and 11 starting okay. out. I'd say, uh, you know, if you're a listener and you're, you have a, uh, a thought about trying it, roll through on a Monday. We have a meatless Monday combo at Eden Burger where you can get like a burger fry and drink. Uh, like a seltzer drink or a soda okay. for like ten bucks. Oh, and nice! Yeah, like with a shake for around like fifteen or sixteen, depending on what type of shake you get. Yeah. Um. And yeah, you know that's a great entry way to just like get our main value propositions: burger, fries, shake. See what it's about. Yeah. Um. But yeah, all the individual items. You know, if you're going there for yourself, depending on how much you want to ball out. You know, twelve to twenty-two bucks if you get a couple fried yeah. sides or a shake or something like that. Um, you know, fourth and state, yeah. Depending again on what you get, you might be spending ten, twelve, sixteen. Again, what are you getting? Are you getting a a right. front trap or a burger fry combo right. or a stuffed crust pizza? You know, right. it's all kind of in that ten to twenty five dollar mark with the stuffed crust pizzas kind of being on the higher end. Okay. Um but yeah, you know, kind of again looking at ways that that's part of the game. How do you make it more accessible? Yeah. You know, if I you know, my dream would be to drop something kind of like Edenberger with McDonald's pricing. That's really you know, it's just Yeah. So hard when you're either making it all yourself or the distribution systems aren't big enough yet to get the, you know, McDonald's is living off all their suppliers are living off government subsidies. You know, government's paying people to make milk and to to grow, uh, you know, cattle and, and kind of things like that. Um, Oat milk, not so much, (laughs) (laughs) you know, so they're, they're putting a, you know, people put a premium on that. So, uh, so that that would be the ultimate okay. form, you know. I think when we first started Eden Burger, we saw this long future where an Eden Burger or something similar could be across the street from a McDonald's. Yeah, and it's kind of like there's similar price points, similar menus. It's just you know that's how you make an impact. Right, is you give it to people just a straight up choice. Which would you rather have? Not which would you rather have, and you're willing to pay for to feel good about or, you know, whatever, you know, right. we want to taste better and do the uh, old blind taste test. Yeah. With a that's quarter pounder with cheese. See, see, I'm waiting, I'm waiting for that to drop my, uh, vegan fried chicken Ooh. concept. I've got this idea for, a uh, 
that ain't chicken campaign. Okay. Where again, you tell people to try these double blind fried, you know, boneless wings and they're yeah. like, oh my God, I got to go with the BW3s one. But really, they were all vegan. I was going to say, with the, with the, uh, the wing shortage right now. Yeah. Like they're looking for I guys like, like me. There's a wing Literally. shortage. There yeah. Yeah. You didn't know about that? The bone in wing short or was or, it boneless or bone in wing shortage? Yeah, I think it was bone in yeah, I think wing it, shortage. Yeah, yeah. And I mean like places like B dubs we used to have up the price yeah. price gouging because Remember, supply chain issues. Yeah. Remember they used to have twenty cent wing night or whatever? Yeah. Like no. that's Absolutely unheard yeah, the, of now. The wing night at B Dubs was like fifty cent wing night. Yeah, yeah, those unheard that's, of. They call that depression pricing now. <laughs> that, that now it's three fifty a wing night. We're so far from that now. Yeah, uh, exactly three fifty. Yeah, they they used to step foot. You used to B-dubs, walk yeah. into a Quaker Steak and Lube, and they'd set down a napkin, a plate, your water, and seven wings because <laughs> yeah. they just had them like yeah, that. Yeah, I know. They were like, listen, buddy, uh, just have it's you or the raccoons. <laughs> <laughs> and now and now a- the shit's worth its weight in gold. Right, exactly. Wings were as abundant as hilltop light cans. Oh, yeah. Back. Literally. Yeah, different economy now. Right. Yeah. Now, my final thing, booze at 4th and State? There's booze. We've got a beer and wine license. We've got some like low ABV cocktails yeah. that kind of slide into that. So there's okay. like a Manhattan margarita, a um, couple different shades of that. And yeah, a couple different tapped beers, canned beers. Okay. Um, our state house, Big Mosa, is a big seller. It's okay. like a mimosa sil- uh, served in a pint glass. Sweet. Um, yeah, yeah. And some booze. come water gita. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The water yeah, 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 yeah. I, you know, I served a couple of our strawberry margaritas the other night, and yeah, now that we're uh, sipping on these liquid deaths, right. there's a lime flavor out there. We might, we That's might right. have a a water gita coming to you soon. Right. If you ever, uh, which I don't know, maybe you already have, like, or maybe you just use regular Coke out of a gun or whatever when you make drinks at Fourth and State. But if you ever think about getting into like the craft soda game to mix into your drinks. You should hit Spire Social, this place that we were at a couple weeks ago and did an interview. He makes craft soda as well as beer. And he was like, you guys should just try it. And I found it on their website. And I was like, can you just tell us about this? It didn't seem like it was that big of a deal. It was just kind of like on the side. And he does root beer, ginger ale, and what was cream soda is what he's making right now. He didn't have any of the root beer on tap, but he had the ginger ale and he had us try it. Dude, it was see that's amazing because when we when we weren't selling as much beer, uh-huh. we you know we've got like a four tap kegerator system. Yeah. I was definitely looking at all these recipes for like sparkling water, how to yeah. keg and kind of rig up your own soda operation. Um, that's really interesting. He, I, I might have to pop up. I mean, yeah. I love a nice. Oh, uh, he doesn't introduce you, man. It's yeah. awesome. And it's he doesn't so have like a a distributor or anything. He will literally hand deliver you the keg, and he'll keg up any of the sodas. Wow. So if you want, if you want to get a root beer or a ginger ale or a cream soda, or I'm sure you could even say like, this is the kind of soda I want, like an ale eight type thing or something. Yeah. And he would probably put it together for you. He has a whole other thing where he. Uh, you can go in and brew your own beer, like a fi- I think it was like a fifteen gallon, so a wow. keg's worth of whatever you want to make your style, and then you can put your name on it. But he'll brew it in his house and whatever. So wow, interesting. But, Sounds like a cool I dude. Just, yeah, yeah, the the 
craft soda thing was really interesting to me. I love that. And I feel like I didn't know much about that, and I feel like a lot of people don't do that. And so at your place, I feel like I feel like, like it fit well be, with the diner, kind of right. like the soda jerk yeah. style. I feel like that would be really kick-ass, That'd especially like a root That'd beer be... float. with. Like, oh, I mean, because we sell a root beer float, I mean. and it'd be a lot more popping coming out of uh, with a the lo- draft than, than and a with can, a local for sure. Thing yeah. to, and it was, we tried it. I mean, their ginger ale, like, it was nothing like I'd ever tasted before. It was, it was amazing. So, it Everything so we had flavor. up there was yeah. amazing. But. Where's where is the Spire Social? In Polaris, uh, it's so there's a place called Sushi Factory. It's a, in the building across from it. But I thought uh, from where we were standing that it was. Have you ever been to Kitchen Social? Or yes. Or, I think it's across the street from that. Okay. It is. I got the address right here because we. Well, he notes. doesn't have Google Maps in his But it's brain. on Sankus Boulevard. Oh, okay. Beep boop bobby booby bob. Yeah. Oh yeah. I know that. Oh, that's fine. Oh, Sankus Boulevard. There you go. Remember yeah, and it's it, on this episode yeah, now. Wonderful. So. We can uh get you in touch with them too. Super awesome dude. Alex Spires that owns it. Very cool. So I love it. Hey, Polaris, that's my stomping ground. That's, that's where I, mean. I grew up. Yeah. So look at that. You could bring some homegrown. Yeah, I, hey, there's there's an open uh, there's an open spot over on Sankas Boulevard. I might have to cozy up with that man. You kidding me? There you go. Sounds perfect. <laughs> All right, so I think uh, we're moving on now into our final portion of the episode, which is our formal uh, interview segment, our formal non formal interview segment. Yes, I need a beer, please. Uh, I so well. before I get into this, let's one more time. Uh, ask you for your interaction and follows on our social media, right? So you can follow us, Columbus Uncut, on Twitter and Instagram at Columbus underscore Uncut. We do have a Teespring, not a link tree, a Teespring, where you can get all the Columbus Uncut merch you want. All that goes directly into the podcast. We use that to buy equipment, um, fund our adventures when we go out and try things out at different locations um, so that we can reimburse these wonderful people who come on our uh, on our stuff and give us food and beer and everything else. So you can get all your merch there. Lastly, we have a link tree, which is, will be in the show notes, and it's like a website for the podcast where you can find all the links for our Discord, Instagram, Twitter, all the good stuff. So that'll be in our show notes. It's also on our Instagram page. Again, at Columbus underscore uncut. One more time, Chad. What do you got for social media? I got at Chad Bear underscore underscore personally, professionally. We're talking at Edinburgh Seabus, at Fourth and State. And you can always find me at the restaurant. How about that? There no, we go. Wait, does Fourth and State have a website or Edinburgh have a website? Oh, yeah, EdinburghCBus.com and 4thAndState.com. That's A-N-D, no ampersand on that. Okay. You'll, those will also be in the show notes. I will plug those in there Yeah, we'll, well be tagging. We'll be dropping. Yeah. You know, there's going to be there's gonna be cross-platform marketing every so many, which way. Uh, yeah. So many fire We got We got, we got channels. I'm streaming this all on Twitch as we speak. Oh, okay. yes. <laughs> all right, I'm going to hit us with a C. Oh, that was some claps. Those okay. claps. Oh, yeah, some claps. So that was actually perfect. Then after there the social media, the claps. I know. I gotta hold it. Down. Anyways, all right. As we move on to our next segment, folks, our interview segment. So I'm gonna let Caleb start this off, and uh, 
get us started with a, a solid in-depth question here. Okay, so my first question here, since we just did a lot there talking about food and the restaurants and whatnot, uh, I want to know, when you're not cooking, what's your favorite hobby? And I know that we discussed your acting, so maybe you... That could be it. Maybe it's something else. But if you even want to plug like where you might do some of your uh, theater things or if you're filming any movies or any, you know, any sort of those things, this would be the time to do that. Okay. Yeah. I mean, uh, uh, yeah, I definitely do some some acting locally, a lot of short film stuff. I'm actually heading to Dayton for a film premiere tomorrow for something I shot last August. Uh, Funeral for Fermansky, a Johnny Catalano film. I'm not sure it'll, if it'll be up on the internet. He's more of a wants people to come to the theater okay. to see his thing. But uh, yeah, you know, I, I kind of do a lot of local short films or some of these competitions. Uh, I do some improv uh, adjacent things occasionally at the Nest Theater in Clintonville. I took some classes there, which okay. was just a whole lot of fun, whether you want to get into like comedy or performing or not, um, just from like an improv as a skill and learning to be less nervous and more attentive when you're with other people. Mm-hmm. It was a great place to do it. Um, so yeah, that's kind of like my side hustle that I'd always gone back and forth with, like even with the restaurants, you know. I, you know, I always have this dream where, you know, maybe I make it big as an actor or director, you know, that, but eventually, you know, I kind of moved that towards the back part of my career. Yeah. You know, when I was really young, I wanted to be the star then and the Mark Zuckerberg then. Um, but yeah, so much more fun has come since being patient. So yeah, you know, a, a lot of work at the restaurants. I definitely do acting gigs. I've got a, a you know another lined up with this Johnny Catalano again. Okay. I, I you know I end up kind of working with a lot of the same people, these young directors that kind of are trying to make it in their own right. You know, yeah. kind of like you guys starting a podcast. Yeah. They're out kind of writing their stories and trying to bring them to life, um, and it's kind of cool to work in those upstart content environments. Um, and other than that, you know, I. I don't have that crazy of a social life just because I'm so wrapped up in work. You know, I have so many, I feel like I'm never not thinking about an idea, whether it's the restaurants now, but I've got like 50 ideas on the back burner that I'm percolating. Yeah. You know, uh, but I I like, you know, I like to work out. That's probably my favorite hobby every morning. You know, I'm up at like 4 a.m. every morning trying to get ready to go to the gym uh, before I got to go to the restaurant, uh, I keep my finger on the pulse of sports. I watch a lot of, you know, when I'm in the car, I'll throw on some sports talk radio yeah. show and catch up on the NBA or NFL. I'll catch some like highlight recap games when there's something particularly exciting. Highlight Big recap LeBron. news like uh, Denver Broncos picking up Russell Wilson. Exactly. Aaron Rodgers getting re-signed. Khalil Mack now to the Chargers. Yeah. I know a lot of high level Ooh, of these moves. That yeah. yeah, which again is surprising. What's Chicago doing with Justin Fields? Don't you want to bolster that defense with such a young quarterback? You would what, what, what the hell kind of compensation could you have gotten Sheesh. back for that? Who knows? I think they're trying to just offset how much money they 
we're paying some of these people, and they're like, okay, we can use this money to buy Pay people our bills. To help Justin Fields. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, we'll give up 19 more touchdowns a year, but, uh, but maybe we saved... maybe we'll we'll be able to afford a left tackle. Right. We saved 25 million dollars yeah. a year. Yeah. So uh, I I love keeping up to date. You know, I love sport. I love competition. You know, that kind of feeds into the business thing. Mm-hmm. It's like you know, I love the theatrics of it as well. Um, and yeah, I watch a, I do a lot of cooking at home for me and my girlfriend and we watch a lot of food centric shows. I think, you know, I'm kind of planning my next project is going to be a vegan food, like cooking competition to like self distribute on Amazon prime and, you know, kind of merge my passion for food and acting and, you know, kind of pilot the Gordon Ramsay career track yeah, yeah. you know and kind of dip into that uh because i love the the production side of things so much i think that could be a good use of my time because restaurants they just take so long to start up mm-hmm. and in today's labor market you know it's not you know it's not like how it used to be five years ago where you could be like hey i'm gonna open up 50 new locations this year and right. know there's gonna be a general manager at every one of them Who's going to be working so hard? You know, it's hard. You know, I'm not the type that is asking people to move heaven and earth, right? Um, to work for me, most you know, most of the time, I it, it's it's hard for me to want to continue to grow businesses, but know how much they take, um, for other people to to run them and kind of accept that burden. If you're going to be a relatively hands off owner, that's why I'm still so involved, like yeah. downtown. Um, so I think the, doing a show, like a project like that in the meantime can kind of satisfy, I always want to do something new. I want to experiment with new food things. I want to continue to grow the plant-based market. Um, but I can't step out of my restaurants right now to open up something that might take a year or two of me being in the kitchen to like be, you know, it's like having a you know it's not like having a baby i can't i can't equate that to you but it's like (laughs) you know it's something that you got to take care of and sometimes you got big shitty messes to clean up and people crying uh so you can say restaurants and babies are the same some uh, you know i was i was cleaning up some stuff last week that i was like if this was in a diaper it'd be a (laughs) lot less of a problem but uh more compact though. but yeah but yeah you know those are you know i spend a lot of my time yeah just uh thinking about business and creative things yeah. you know in my past i've made music and done some soundcloud rapping and Hell stuff yeah. like that hey. i i just kind of you know i'm a victim of the moment whatever i'm consuming a lot is when i what i want to create yeah and right now is I watch a lot of cooking shows, so I want to make a cooking show. Love it. I hope you do Competitively. That would be sick. You know, I want there to be a winner. I want to host it, you know. I'd love to be a Uh, judge if you need a judge. You know, know, one of the challenges, I want to, you know, have this, like, veganize it where a non-vegan person comes in and talks about their favorite food of all time. Yeah. And the contestants have to make their version, and whoever makes, like, the most agreeable you know, would win, would win that That'd round. be sick. I'd One that. thing that you just said that really stands out to me that I got to point out, because I love it, because as someone who runs a business that's 24-7, 365, is the fact that you take into account the impact that your business that you started has on the people who, the general managers, the people who go into it 
to make that business run and thrive. It That's something that I would look for in someone who, I mean, I work for a literally national corporation that's private and huge and giant, but you'd like to know that the person at the top knows the work and the all the all that goes the into it blood that... sweat and tears that goes into it which obviously you had to pour some of that pour most of that into it to get it started um but yeah that's that definitely an awesome insight to hear from someone who owns or runs a business yeah it's uh it's it's tough and i think um you know a lot of people it, it's it, it's it's easy to get caught up in the numbers when you're sitting you know, some people are more financially minded and they look at the numbers a lot more. Um, and, you know, I think I've had people that have seen it as a flaw that I, you know, focus so much more on the human capital than sometimes the nittier, grittier details of the, the profit and loss statement. Um, but those things you can always improve on. You know, the actual, the absolute metrics of the business you can always deep dive into your food costs and get a different ingredient or get a different supplier. Um, but the people that are involved are so much more complex than those decisions. Um, and yeah, over the years, you know, you just really see how much of an impact it is. And I think like the, the whole COVID thing, you know, really a, a lot came to the surface as far as capitalism. And, and as much as people talk about, the American dream, um, you know, somebody's always that someone's American dream is someone else's American nightmare. The CEO that's making five million dollars is making that money off the back of the thirty thousand dollar a year general manager that's working sixty hours a week and and maybe just getting fucking crushed. Yeah. Um, and you know, yeah, you know, five. Five, eight years ago, I wanted to be like that Mark Zuckerberg that was sitting on top of the the $40 billion company. Um, but it's a lot different now thinking about that. And it's hard to think of growing something so big without feeling like maybe you will get out of touch someday. Um, and I feel like a lot about what works about my leadership style is that I at least care about the people. I'm not an industry expert. I didn't come from any crazy culinary background. I didn't come from anything that would make people value what I say more than anything else, except that um, all I can do is show up and be willing to work hard and, you know, not ask somebody else to do something that I wouldn't do or haven't done or am not doing right now. Um, but yeah, it's tough. You know, it, it, there's a lot of businesses out there that I think that are kind of discovering that in that the workforce is different you know it's not somebody's dream to run your thing for their whole life right. you've got to understand there's a transience to everything in every position yeah um how do you make it work for everybody yeah so i have a very basic question for a simpleton person like me this is going to work well for me, too. Yeah. I fall into that category. <laughs> for all three of us. That <laughs> <You know? matter. laughs> Birds of a feather, boys. I am the together. classic American. I, don't, I eat food I like. I couldn't tell you the difference between being vegan, vegetarian. Like, what is exactly a vegan diet or lifestyle or what does a vegan menu offer? 
Um, so, you know, there's, again, there's slightly a spectrum. You'll find some people that are, you know, so devout and pure vegan, um, that it's almost unattainable, but, you know, essentially vegan is supposed to be, uh, food products made without animal byproducts or, you know, animal testing. Uh, vegetarian is pretty simple. It's, uh, no meat. You can still have cheese. You can still have eggs. With vegan, it's no meat. It's no dairy. It's no eggs. But the thing that almost makes a difference, you know, those things are also plant-based. But, the you know, this concept of vegan almost comes with this cruelty-free aspect to it. So you can't... So you can have a product that, you know, it doesn't have milk. It doesn't have eggs it doesn't have any of that it's mascara but they test it on rabbits so technically that's not vegan so that's a whole other different thing but as far as food goes so it's like a, it's, it could be a lifestyle it, and and that's a lot of in some people the most devout people there are people that are very militant about it you know no leather in their car and in their pants you know you know shoes they're they're looking up what's the ingredients in the shoes and the clothes they're wearing, uh, the beer they're drinking, the wine. Is it filtered with fish oil? That's a the, rab- yeah. the rabbit game, hole man. can get deep. And I can tell you, when I went vegan, I never thought I'd read so many fucking ingredient labels. <laughs> You're like, but oh. here I am, fucking millions of labels and contains yeah. milk away from becoming the joker. Right. You know, because, yeah, <laughs> you know, it's... And, and that is, you know, one thing is like with, with almost, you know, I don't really like to call it a, a diet because diet is usually pertains to like some physical like difference maker. You know, you diet to be fit or, and, you know, and there are some people, you know, people, some people are vegan because they think, you know, they love cows and pig, you know, they don't, they, a lot of people are really into the animal welfare side of it. Mm-hmm. Some people are really into the health side of it and being like, well, if you eat plant-based, it's lower cholesterol and maybe lower risk for certain types of cancers or predisposed diseases or whatever. Uh, some people are in it for the environment. That's what got me. I was a big, big picture, save the world. Yeah. I watched a documentary that said, if you eat plants, less carbon emissions. Yeah. I was I was looking for a way to feel better about what I was doing. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, mostly vegan is no animal products in the food. Okay. Um, but yeah, it can the rabbit hole can go deep. Um, but it's hard, you know. And with those people, perfection, it's hard. Yeah. And and those people, when you know, you kind of get the connotation of vegans are. Yeah, staunch or, you know, raise a fuss or, you know, are always browbeating. Um, I know my fair share of militant vegans that are preaching from the rooftops uh, why it's better and all that. And, you know, we, we learned early on that that wasn't the way mm-hmm. to tell people or to try to convince. It was... How do we just make good food? Try to be more open about it, yeah. Yeah, because, I you know, I can't sit here and tell someone that they got to change... Because then they're going to be like, well, no, I don't. (laughs) And it's the same reason if somebody was like, no, you need to change. I'd be like, well, actually, no, I fucking don't. (laughs) No, I don't. Uh, But if I'm like, hey, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm making these pizzas and these burgers and you can either buy them or you can't. Right. You know. 
I, I'm doing my thing either way. I, you know, I, I gave up or, you know, luckily I learned before we went vegan, we were really into like politics and I was trying to like all, I, I would be rattling off all these tweets in like 2013 or 20, 2011 about oh, the yeah. political system. And it's just <laughs> fucking crickets. Yeah. And it's just like, okay, people don't want to be told that we're, Living a lie, man. <laughs> you know, why don't you just offer a solution and focus on what you're doing, not about these ethere these ethereal problems that are just gonna make people feel worse or challenged. Yeah. Just do something. Yeah. That that people can use or do and make life better. And and I feel like the word diet also is kind of like what you said though. A diet is more of something I see as like, okay, I'm going to do this for six months. The connotation is that it's, it is it is a, a practice put in place to get you back to something yeah. or a certain physical state perhaps. Mm, right. Which, But again, but, but at the baseline, a diet of being things that are on approved list of eating and on a disapproved, you know, at its most functional level. Yeah. It is. It's a it's a dietary preference, it's a dietary style. You know, it's similar to the ketos and the paleos, uh, but I think you know, vegans would probably for better or worse hold themselves to a higher standard, you know, which again is a connotation with, you know, sometimes people get a little too high on their own supply. Right. And they think Shit is sweet because they eat plants, but it's like avocados aren't great for the environment. That was a great Biggie recipe or Biggie recipe, Biggie reference. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'd like, I also just real quick want to put this zinger in there because I like that the whole diet diet conversation came up because I read my questions to my wife last night and she's like, she asked me like, why would you? put anything other than diet why'd you put lifestyle i'm like because honestly i feel like diet's kind of like well and as chad explained with yeah. the lifestyle like people looking at what's in the shoes that they're gonna Pe- buy you know, people and, won't yeah. buy certain cars if it's got fucking leather, right. in it. leather you know it's and, a little yeah, bit yeah. you know to some vegans it becomes more than what you consume food wise yeah, right. it's what you're wearing what you're driving right, right. It, you know even you know, at some point, it's going to be what you're watching. <laughs> you know, it, is this TV show vegan? If they right. had that fucking dog on there who had to do that crazy stunt, <laughs> eventually, exactly, exa- yo, everyone's uh, getting uh, canceled, bro. Eventually, somebody's going to come out and be like, "That was fucked up it's to coming. make that dog do that." It's and coming. it's like, do I know? It, I mean, yeah. I, you know, it's just. How I, I, I have no idea how that dog is doing or was doing <laughs> oh, back oh, then. He's gone. He's but gone, again, gone. as yeah, yeah, they made sure that dog didn't talk about anything. Um, but yeah, but again, it, the rabbit hole can go deep. There's someone out there on Facebook posting about how Airbud oh. is the worst fucking you know movie ever, and then you've got people who are just like. Yeah, I tried to eat mostly plants, accidentally <laughs> ate a fucking taco with coheated cheese on it last week, had some crazy farts, but whatever. Yeah. And, you know, it's just like everybody kind of takes it, you know. I wonder at- what the hashtag is for the Airbud movement. Because <laughs> I feel like that's how we have to I look. I want to get down I feel that like thing. that's how we have to look it up is like hashtag like 
we hurt Air Bud. <laughs> then, like, I don't know what it's going to be. Justice for Bud. <laughs> Justice like for that. Bud. Yeah. Oh, my God. Um, okay. So I asked about your favorite hobby. Um, this next one is going to be kind of like a two-parter. Um, so when you're uh, in Columbus... Uh, what is your favorite thing about our city? And two, uh, what is your favorite place to eat in the city that's not your own restaurants and not like Kroger? If you were to go somewhere where you're going to eat something vegan related, I'm sure. Yeah. Uh, what's another spot you want to go to? And like I said, what's one thing about our city that you absolutely love? So where I like to eat, that's easy. When when it's time for, for me to come home, Put on the going out slacks and and take my gal out. I want to go to Polly G's. Polly G's in the Short North, right off Fifth Avenue and High. Uh, it's just a pizza joint. They got a big wood fire pizza in the back. Uh, a lot of beer, wine, some cocktail options. Pretty intimate environment. A lot of Steely Dan gets played over the radio, Steely which Dan. which is rock, yacht rock adjacent. Which oh, yeah. which I what's I, I jam with heavy. Okay. Um, and yeah, they've got this Detroit style vegan square pizza that is just fucking killer. The <laughs> best, phenomenal. the best vegan pizza in Columbus. And this is talking about somebody who maybe sells, you know, I'm, I bet I'm top five. I bet I'm top five in Columbus for vegan pizza sales. And I'm, Probably trailing behind Polly G's, yeah. but it's for good reason. Shit fucking slaps. Yeah. But when I release my own pizza place, Polly, I'm coming for you. Where Chad you G's. <laughs> I'm, oh, name yes. it after my dad, Charlie G's. I'm coming for you. But right now, I love going to Polly G's, okay. having myself like, you know, either a drink, whether it's a cocktail or just like a fucking classic Mexican Coke and oh, yeah. waiting for that square pie to come out. I love that. Get yourself um, some Chucky G's. Get yourself some Chucky G's, baby. Dude. Coming, coming to a ghost kitchen near you soon. Oh. Just be, looking for me on Uber Eats. I had a question on here earlier that was like, talk about some of your uh, if you have any some more business ventures, and you've named like ten things. Oh, I've your got. Brain. I, I was like, I literally just. It's like don't need to ask that because got that taken <laughs> care of. Which I, I got love. some silly shit. I love if they it. Don't ever give me a ghost kitchen because <laughs> I will get some. I've already been sued for trademark infringement. I'll do it again. <laughs> I don't fucking care. Um, but but yeah, you know, apologies. Great place to eat. And uh, as far as the city Columbus goes, I think the. The thing I love most about it is that, you know, it's currently the place that holds all my favorite people, you know. Um, this city has a little bit of everything you could want, you know. Um, it's not as big as, of course, as a Chicago and New York or anything like that. But if you're looking for samples of that big city life, you can kind of get a slice of it in almost all the neighborhoods, um, you can kind of sample any any kind of life, you know, driving into downtown in the morning. I love walking around or when I used to work out or go for a lot of runs along the side of a mile, uh, that big building energy um, yeah. and just kind of feeling like, uh, 
you know, the potential. You know, sometimes I look at the sky, the Columbus skyline and imagine an even bigger building there, you know, or, uh, you know, just kind of relish in that. Or you, you know, drive up through Italian Village or Clintonville, much more quaint neighborhoods, smaller local shops. Mm-hmm. Um, you've got highly walkable zones. You know, you can get from the city center to all the major neighborhoods in 20 minutes. Logistically, it's a great small, yeah. mid-major sized city. Um, in the last few years, it's been very receptive of my startup ideas. Um, and I think a lot, you know, when I was in college, I was, you know, like a lot of kids who went to high, sc- high school in Ohio, you get this fuck Ohio mindset. And all you want to do is get out and move to California. Uh, or or wherever oh, wherever the grass yeah. is greener, California, <laughs> uh, and you know, I think a lot of people fall into that trap of thinking things are so much greater other places. Yeah. And other places have you know every city has a lot to offer, but if you're not treating the city you live in now like a city you would move to, yeah, uh, you know are the are you know, are you making the most of it or again, are you just kind of set in your ways right. and you're envisioning a different life somewhere else without, I, I think my appreciation for Columbus really grew when I stopped trying to feed into this fantasy that there was some city in California that would make all my problems go away. And it's like, you know, you have a few months of winter every month but, right? Yeah. or every year, but uh, I don't know. I, I feel like I'm becoming more like my dad, who says he he appreciates the winter because it's like Mother Nature letting you know who's in charge still. Yeah, you know. That's I feel like I've tried to explain that to people who have grown up in Ohio and have that feeling because, like, I mean, I've lived in Hawaii like for three years, and the moment I knew I was getting out of the military and wanted to get out and decide where I wanted to go, like the number one place the wife and I wanted to end up was Columbus, Ohio. And I mean, I've lived in Richmond, Virginia. I've lived in down near Atlanta, Georgia, deep south, Georgia, Bama, had a house in Alabama, lived in Hawaii for three years, and we always wanted to end up back here. And that's one thing, like when we started the podcast, what I talked about was trying to make people realize just how great this area and city is. So I would definitely echo that sentiment sentiment for sure. If you're, you know mystery is all in you you know if you think you're gonna move to some new city and instantly become this person that is just out strolling and soaking in your ambiance uh and you're gonna visit all these local bars full of people you don't know and strike up conversation yeah people watch you're you're gonna move you're gonna move you're gonna move to a new city and pay either the same or a little bit more rent to do probably the same behaviors you do now Mm -hmm. in a slightly different environment. And if that's what you want, that's fine. Not to say that I'm going to be in Columbus forever. Not that I can, you know, there's nowhere I can think of that I want to live per se. I could do a year here or a year there, a year in Chicago or a year in New York or a year in California for the right project. Yeah. Which again, that's my, you know, my whole thing. So much of my driver is my, career goals like yeah i'd live in chicago for a year to do this right or i'd live in this other city to do that but you know maybe maybe i'm 
naive with just only lived in, in you know in indiana and then then here right um but but yeah you know with anything if you're if you're open to discovering and you know what you really want out of life you can probably find it around you and the oh, thing yeah. about columbus is there's everything somewhere there's so many neighborhoods there's so many suburbs there's so many different cultures there's not a single thing that you could have an interest in that there's not some right right club group organization process to get you plugged in it's super eclectic here you can find any there's nothing you can't find here you could be a fan of corn dogs with Mustard and barbecue sauce or something put I mean, there's, with, with uh, pickles on it. And there's a club for that, probably. And there's probably already a restaurant that has that. Yeah. You know, like, there's it's that kind of place here. You can find a little bit of everything, no matter what you're looking for. You can but find it But you're not here. dealing with... That, what I love about it is you're not dealing with the L.A. traffic, the New York traffic, the big, bigger, huge Which city people problem. think that... Right. that Three to seven minute delay on seventy one is, is a fucking killer. But, but yeah, you see the videos of the post Super Bowl LA and you know, again, Ohio State Saturday's traffic gets pretty bad, but yeah. it's that's nothing. Nothing no. compared to yeah. uh, my cousin lives in Dallas and remember she picked us up from maybe it was AT&T Stadium and went for like a Buckeye game or something and her apartment was literally like five miles away and I was like oh sweet it's gonna be like a six minute drive seven minute you know I'm thinking and she was like oh it's probably gonna be like 45 minutes I was like sorry what Where? we're Dude, going I'm five miles when I lived in Hawaii minutes. my work was eight miles away took me an hour both ways that's so I mean that's kind of yeah uh yeah yeah, that's yeah. So. It's just uh, I'm, everywhere you go, you're gonna have to make some type of sacrifice. Yep. Right? Yep. Whether that's it's traffic, whether it's the cost of living, whether it's the weather, it's more so. You know, I think there's a lot more people confused about themselves and what they really want out of life. And sometimes winter, win- winter is a bad symptom. You know, it doesn't feel good to be cold. Yeah. Uh, and if you don't know what you want out of life. And shit gets really sideways. You but you appreciate uh, the summer that much more. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, and all the more reason to get out and explore your interests so that when winter comes, you know it's worth driving to. Oh, yeah. All right, well, I got all my questions out. You good? Yeah, I got nothing else on my list. Awesome. That was it, man. How'd it feel? I had a great time. We really appreciate you coming on. It's awesome and getting to talk about your restaurants and getting a feel for... You know, all the startups, all the things that you've done in your life and what got you to this point. And so we're super yeah. excited to have had you on and get to uh, yeah, boost pre- you up a little bit. And Appreciate you guys having me, yeah. nibbling on some food. And, oh. uh, yeah, hopefully I'll, I'll see you guys in for a brunch sometime. Oh, or, oh yeah. We'll might be, be this weekend. We'll be in. <laughs> we're known to brunch. Yeah. So uh. food was awesome. Thanks for yeah. bringing it over. We still have to again. have this dessert before. Well, oh yeah, we, we got a couple on the soda, But my uh, my mom, to, yeah. my mom, Plug be that. whipping up them Mama State cupcakes. There we go. Come come check out Jana Goodwin's culinary confectionery connections and creations <laughs> down at Fourth and State. Hell yeah! All right, so there we go, folks. Uh, if you made it this far, thanks for listening. Uh, we hope you'll go on and check out. 
fourth in state and Edenberger. Um, you heard all about it here from Chad tonight. So let me tell you, the food was awesome. The obviously the intent and experience behind both establishments are awesome. So check them out. Uh, and thanks for listening. And again, we'll hope to hear from you. See you next week. Uh, until then, have a good week. And uh, thanks for listening. <laughs>